Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to Thoughts and Tea on Radio Africa 1804. I'm your host, Lori Lee. So today, today is really exciting. Um, I am really thrilled to be on the air with you for my 10th episode. I'm, you know, really proud. I think I've been, I've been feeling a lot of pride when I think about my thoughts and tea journey so far. I stepped into a medium that was foreign and uncomfortable and I've challenged myself to speak authentically and be vulnerable with you. I've chosen difficult subjects, you know, not just things that I'm comfortable talking about. It's taken a lot of courage, but I'm here. Um, I'm here 10 weeks later. I've had to lean into my strengths, communicating, being empathetic, and being bold. So I'm, you know, I'm feeling proud and honored to have taken this opportunity and made the most of it. And I'm going to push myself to see how far I can take this, right? I'm a Haitian woman. I'm speaking my truth. I'm asking questions, trying to learn, trying to evolve, stepping out on faith, you know, faith in myself, uh, faith in, in the gifts and tools that my ancestors have blessed me with, trying to achieve something great. Taking my Radio Africa 1804 audience and expanding it to Spotify and Apple Podcasts, trying to reach more people using my voice. It's a big challenge. But I'm I'm happy I had the wherewithal to take it on. Having said all of that, let me ask you what you are thinking right now. I just spoke about myself positively for about 90 seconds, right? Um, I described my journey. I took ownership of it. Did that make you uncomfortable? Did you think, you know, God, she's sounding full of herself today. You know, be honest. Did that thought cross your mind, right? How many of you thought like, oh, God, wow, is this just going to be this for the next hour? Like, is this what she's talking about today? Did you think maybe she sounds kind of arrogant today? She's starting off in like a cocky way. Or maybe you thought, why is she giving herself so much credit? She only has this opportunity because of her mom. I think that if some of you are being honest with yourself, there are probably, you know, many of you who even kind of giggled or laughed to yourself, like, relax. This, you know, it's cute and all, this this show, but it's, it's probably not going that far. And it's not that I'm trying to call anybody out or embarrass you for feeling that way, right? Because we've been conditioned to think that way. Think about it. If you're listening, if you're joining, tuning in, it's because you want to, right? No one is forcing you to listen. It's your choice. So even as someone who wants to support me by tuning in or someone who is interested in the subjects that have been discussed on Thoughts and Tea, so they tune in to hear what's going to be on this week, your choice to listen, right? Your choice to spend the hour with me and still listening to me talk about myself briefly in a positive way right? Talking about my accomplishment or what I feel is an accomplishment, you can still feel like, you know, she's feeling herself today. Like, why? Why do you think that happens? 
right? Because we are trained, be it subliminally or just outright, that women who talk about themselves from a place of power are arrogant and aggressive. If you don't agree or you don't see it that way, let me take another pass at it, right? Like what if I had started today's show this way? So welcome, everybody. Today's our 10th episode of Thoughts and Tea on Radio Africa 1804. I can't believe it's already been 10 weeks. And more than that, I can't believe that the show is also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You know, as, as I've shared with you before, talking like this is really new to me. And I know I'm not an expert on the topics we've discussed, so I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to just tune in and and hear my point of view. I'm thankful, um, you know, and grateful for the words of encouragement and feedback that I've been receiving. This has been hard for me, but with the support of my circle, I think I've been, you know, doing a decent job with this risk. Who knows where it'll go, but I'm lucky to have had the opportunity to be here with you. Okay, so yeah, there's truth in both of those statements, right? I am thankful for my circle and sometimes can't believe I'm doing this. But there's a clear difference between the two. I started a lot of sentences with I in the first one, really owning the process, acknowledging the courage and determination and ambition and intention I've had throughout this 10-week journey. But maybe in the second one, you know, my approach is different, right? I didn't really own anything. I can't believe I'm here can't believe the show was available on Spotify. We'll see where this goes. But that's not true. I can believe it's been 10 weeks. I know it's been 10 weeks because every week I devote time to picking a subject that feels relevant, researching it, preparing to discuss it for an hour, right? Making sure I've thought things through. I've got you know, a good sense of the subject because I don't have anybody to bounce ideas off of, right? I've got to fill that hour and keep someone interested. I can believe it's available on all these other channels because I wanted it to be. I found out what was necessary and I worked on it. I don't just want to see where this goes, like, you know, it's in someone else's hands. I want to see where I can take it because it's in my hands. I'm intentional. I want to continue to go down this path. My goal is to grow the audience, right? Keep them interested in what I have to say. That's the truth. Is that wrong for me to say? Is it wrong for me to be proud of myself or trying something new? Is it wrong for me to be vocal about what it takes? Why is it easier if I take all the power away from me and just, you know, thank my lucky stars for putting me here? Why is it taboo for us to promote ourselves? You know, to not only be proud of our accomplishments, but give ourselves the credit for them. Why isn't that well received? I recently um, took this awesome workshop about the importance of self-promotion in the workplace, but also in our personal lives. So often we, you know, we find ways to qualify and um, sometimes downplay our wins. You know, saying things like, well, yeah, it was a group effort. 
or if so-and-so hadn't given me the chance, I would have never been able to do X, Y, Z. And yeah, maybe you did have a great team, but you were the leader, right? Did you do the lion's share of the work? What's wrong with taking credit for that? Or yeah, okay, maybe the person opened the door for you. But if you hadn't walked through it, if you hadn't been focused and determined to really deliver, would you have succeeded? Why do we have to take our power out of the language we use when we discuss our own accomplishments? And it's not even just with accomplishments. Sometimes when we're, you know, chatting with someone who we, who we feel will not truly hear us out or consider our opinion without a qualifier, right? So we find ways to soften our suggestion or our recommendations. Have you ever done that? You know, have you ever added words like, um, this may be wrong, but have you ever thought of doing it this way? Or I'm not sure if this is the best way, but what if we do do it like this? Right? We're like, we don't want to come off too forceful so that the person just shuts down and doesn't accept what we have to say. So we find ways to soften it. Right? Because we, we don't want to seem like we're too confident or like we're we're too sure of ourselves. I consider myself to be a competent person, and I still do this all the time. I've probably done it on the air as I was talking about subjects, right? I've thrown in, well, I don't know about you, but for me, or this is just my two cents, I'm not an expert. But if I'm talking about something, I'm speaking from a place of experience. You may not have to agree with me, but... I'm saying what I'm saying because I mean it, right? Why do I have to find a way to qualify it? It's because I've been trained to do so. Life has trained me. Society has shown me that as a woman, as a black woman, as a darker-skinned black woman, as a Haitian-American woman, the world does not like when I give myself credit. The world does not like when I take ownership of my successes or speak about myself confidently. That's the reality. So whether I want to admit it or not, I've learned to at times soften my language so I can be heard. So that my opinion is considered. I've learned to downplay my success a bit. So that the people that I'm sharing it with can celebrate me. Last week when I um, decided that, you know, this would be the topic for episode 10... I thought I would test something out. So I sent out a few text messages to, you know, to people saying, I'm so excited. Um, I got thoughts and tea on Apple podcasts. So now, of course, the usual suspects, my circle responded with, that's amazing. So proud of you, you know, keep going. Um, some of them asked me, what's next? Like, what are your plans? What are you going to do with this? Some asked, um, can, you share, can you share the link with me so that I can share it with other people? You know, or they just engaged in a discussion with me about the show. But many people, the majority of the people I texted, some of whom I do consider close friends, didn't respond at all. Right. Or they just said, that's cool. And then moved on to a different subject. Or they just threw a thumbs up on my message. OK, so a few days later, I tried something else. I sent a few people a text saying, I'm so excited. I got a dog. 
and almost everyone responded immediately, asking for pictures of her, telling me they can't wait to meet her. So what does that say? What does that say to you? I had, okay, I had two reasons to be excited. My show was available on a streaming service, and I'm getting a dog. The dog's not even here yet, right? She's only four weeks, so I won't have her home with me until next month. Thoughts and Tea is here. It's happening every week. I'm putting time and energy into this. But yet the response to me sharing that accomplishment is silence. What does that say about us? This is a real thing, right? I'm not, I'm not exaggerating this. This is a real thing. Dr. Judith Baxter, who was a sociolinguist and a professor of applied linguistics, um, he specialized in gender and language and leadership in language. And she wrote a book called The Language of Female Leadership that explores the idea that um, language could be the reason why women are underrepresented at a senior level in the corporate world. It's a great book, and I, I highly recommend it. In the book, she finds that women working in male-dominated industries um, and gender-divided industries have to develop this like extraordinary linguistic expertise in order to excel. So on top of just having the skills and qualifications for the job, women have to develop and master a new language in order to succeed. They have to become pros at selling themselves, their ideas, and their, and their accomplishments in, in a way that doesn't offend or turn off their colleagues. And if, you know, if you think that they're just concerned about offending their male colleagues, you would be super wrong. They have to use this language that doesn't offend the men and the women they work with. They have to downplay their big wins and make sure they focus on the team or women like them will not see them as effective leaders. That's the world we live in, right? But these requirements, we don't have them for men. And this conditioning starts at an early age. Boys are encouraged to highlight their qualities, their strengths, and their accomplishments. So when they grow up and turn into men that we work with, they very often speak from this place of I. I did this. I'm working on that. I'm hitting my goal this quarter. They don't have to mention their team. Of course, they have a team, but that's not as important when they are promoting themselves. It's understood they lead that team, they speak for that team, they represent that team. It doesn't need to be spelled out. But women, we have to use this we language. We're doing this. We're working on that. We're on track to hit our goals. If you don't want to rub people the wrong way, you have to remind them over and over again that you know you are on a team, that you are aware that you are here because of your team. It's exhausting and it's just wrong. Teams need leaders. If That wasn't the case. We wouldn't have managers. We wouldn't have directors. Everybody'd be the same. But you need a leader, right, to focus the team, to stay on target. So why can't a woman as a leader say, I am hitting my target this month? 
nope, you have to remember you're not alone. Okay, I'm not alone, but my role is crucial, just as crucial as my male counterpart. But still, when I use that I language, when we women use that I language, it doesn't serve us the way it serves the men. The proof is in the pudding, as they say, right? Women and, and I have to say it's not just women, it's also underrepresented groups. So women and underrepresented groups make up roughly 31% of the board seats in Fortune 500 companies. That's the reality. But white men aren't the only ones out here working and seeing success. So why do we have such a hard time making it to that VP level or that C level? How can you ask for a promotion if you don't know how to self-promote? How can you ask for a raise if you're taught to stay away from the language that gives you power and ownership of your achievements? Our whole lives, we've had to dim our lights, you know, dim our lights a little bit to make other people more comfortable. The level of insecurity a person feels when listening to a man talk about his success seems to triple when it's coming from a woman. Think about it, right? Think of a time when you were sitting in a group And a man started to share some exciting news. Maybe he's a lawyer and he just won a big case. Or maybe he is a um, a, uh, sales sales executive and he's had a successful year and surpassed his numbers and was awarded this big bonus. And so he got himself a big fancy car. All right, maybe you felt a little insecure as he was mentioning these things, but you still celebrated him, acknowledged his hard work, his big success, right? You engaged in a conversation to find out how he made it. Now imagine that same group discussion, but this time you're listening to a woman, Right. And she's telling you she's thrilled to have just become the VP of communications after 10 years of working her way up. Or maybe she's a doctor who's finally opening up her own practice. How was the conversation after she shared her news? Did anyone engage? Right. Engage authentically, not just questioning how she did it, right, or asking her how she plans to sustain it, but really celebrating her accomplishment. As a success, as a society, you know, we encourage men to speak from a place of power and discourage women who do the same. We want women to celebrate the wins of those around them but not their own, right? Have you ever told a woman to let someone else say how good she is at something? Like, you know, you don't have to say that about yourself. Let somebody else, let somebody else speak up and say you're really good at that. Well, why? I know I'm good at this. You're saying you're looking for someone who is good at this. Why can't I say I can do it? Right? Or I'm the right person for this project. Instead, I'm supposed to wait on someone else to notice that I'm good so that they can recommend me? Why? I mentioned earlier, you know, that I took this awesome workshop um, and it really explored this idea in detail. They they shared some research that showed that women are expected to display this, um, they called it feminine modesty, right? And when they did it, it's like, you know, if you can't show that modesty, then you're doing something that's 
counter stereotypical, right? That's not, that's not what women are supposed to do. And then they get backlash for it. And they get the backlash from men and women. I also learned in the workshop that men feel comfortable applying for a promotion when they feel like they meet 60% of the requirements, right? So imagine that you've got your job description in front of you, you read it, there are 10 things required for this job, and they can only do six of them. And they're like, oh, I can, I can get this job. I'm applying. They are taught that you should seek roles that you can grow into. Whereas on the other hand, women feel like they need to meet 100% of the requirements before seeking that promotion. You know, I'm in the workshop, I hear this, and then I get, and then I'm shocked. I'm shocked, I'm taken aback a little bit, but then I think about it. And This is true in my own experience. I can say that for myself. I have pursued and fought for promotions only when I knew I was already doing more than what the job required. And I realized that I've done that or that I think this way because I'm trying to defend myself before I even get there. Right. I don't want anyone to be able to question why I got it. I don't want to be in the position and have someone say, well, you know, they were looking for a woman for this role or, um, yeah, they were trying to, you know, do a diverse hire for this one. I don't ever want to be in that position. So I make sure that I can surpass the requirements for the role before I even raise my hand and say, somebody please consider me for this. I have this pressure of feeling like I need to defend whether or not I deserve a role, a bump in money, or a new title before even having it. Because I know that as a woman, as a black woman, people will question me. And that's wrong, right? So all of these things play into this idea. We downplay ourselves. But we have to get comfortable speaking about ourselves confidently. And people need to get comfortable hearing women use powerful language to tell their own stories. If I don't give myself the power, who will? How can I climb the ladder of success? How can I reach for my goals or shatter a glass ceiling if I'm waiting on someone else to notice me? Or if I'm dimming my light and giving credit to others? Tara Moore is the author of um, a book called Playing Big. Practical Wisdom for Women Who Want to Speak Up, Create, and Lead. Another great book that I strongly recommend for any woman looking to advance in her career. In the book, she talks about in-power language versus out-of-power language. I learned some examples of this and, and wanted to share them with you so you could just see how simple it is, right? It's just a little tweak in the words we're using. It wouldn't be that hard for us to shift our approach, right? And impact our trajectory tremendously. Think about saying, this project looks really hard versus this project looks like a great challenge. Means the same thing. But one of them sounds a lot weaker than the other. Or maybe um, I really struggle to communicate at this level versus I'm learning to communicate at this level. It's a simple difference, 
but it it's it really changes the listener's perspective of you. If I'm saying I really struggle to communicate, you're I'm I'm coming from a place of weakness. You can already see like this is going to be an issue for her. But if I say I'm learning to communicate at this level, okay, that shows that I'm not quite where I want to be yet, but I'm getting there. We have to focus on keeping the power in our language. In um, thinking, you know, as I was preparing for today about women who are great examples of owning their accomplishments, right, and telling their stories with power, I rewatched Homecoming, which is a film by Beyonce available on Netflix. And in Homecoming, um, which I'm not sure if it was released in 2018, I think it's 2019. Um, But so in the film, Beyonce shares her journey to her um, Coachella performance. Obviously, Beyonce is as accomplished as they come, right? Um, I wanted to share some numbers with you, so I did some quick research. So she's the most awarded artist in the history of the MTV Video Music Awards, you know, the VMAs. She's also won the most BET Awards and Soul Train Awards. She's been nominated for 70 Grammys and has actually won 24 of them. She's the most nominated woman and second most awarded woman in Grammy history. Right? That's, I mean, that's huge. And we could keep going. There were... (laughs) Billboard Awards and ASCAP and NAACP Awards and American Music Awards. The list is is really long. So to make it brief, we'll just say she's been nominated for 804 awards in her career thus far. And she's won 417 of them. Right? And then on top of all that, she's a daughter, a sister, a wife, and a mother. So... No shortage of accomplishments here. And in Homecoming, she gives us this, you know, intimate look at how after just giving birth to twins, she pushed herself to deliver what many believe is the most iconic performance ever given on a Coachella stage. Right? She obviously had a team behind her dancers and singers and the band and choreographers, um, people to handle the lighting and the staging and the sound and the costumes, right? So it's probably hundreds of people that it took to make this thing happen. But she was the captain of this ship. And she was unapologetic when describing her leadership style and her choices, Her choice to put her blackness and our black culture front and center. Right? You could see it in her costumes. You could see it in um, the brief interludes in between performances when she was talking backstage or as they were rehearsing. You know if you watched There was no weak language used. She did not diminish her own light. And she definitely made sure her blackness and her history were celebrated. She owned the fact that she was the first black woman to ever headline Coachella. And then shamed the fact that it's taken this long for a black woman to headline. She praised black culture instead of making it a footnote, right? She talked about the strength, the dedication, the talent, the creativity, all of these amazing things that she herself owns and that the people around her had as well. My favorite thing she said, um, when like describing 
talent that was on that stage, um, she said, you know, the amount of swag is just limitless. It's just so much damn swag. And when she said it, you could feel it, right? She meant it. Imagine if she had said, you know, I don't know about you, but to me, there was just so much swag on stage. Doesn't quite hit the same. Or what if she said, um, it was so much swag, you know, it was so much swag. But That's just my two cents. It doesn't work. She owned it. She knows what she can do. She knows what she can bring. She used powerful language to describe the amount of work it took her to become the first black woman headliner of Coachella and then also to truly deliver her best work on that stage. It was not by accident. It wasn't luck, right? It wasn't just because of everyone she had around her. She had to push herself, push herself to places she never imagined. She worked for it. And so that success is undeniably hers. So if you can be okay with that, if you can celebrate her, why can't you celebrate the woman on your team who just told you she crushed that client presentation? Why do you have to make her feel like she has to bring herself down a bit in order for you to acknowledge her? Your insecurity is the problem. If women weren't met with negativity from men and other women when they self-promoted or spoke confidently about their accomplishments, they, they wouldn't have the need to develop this out-of-power language. They just wouldn't. When you're unable to celebrate a woman, when, when you feel the need to point out that she had help to get there, or maybe you question how she got there, you are the problem. Your insecurity, lack of confidence, lack of determination or ambition is in control here. Right? Your insecurity is driving how you respond to this person who is just shining a light on something she has worked hard for. Turn your own damn light on. Why do you have to turn somebody else's off? Why should anyone have to dim themselves to make you feel better, to make you happy, to make you comfortable? We need to work on ourselves. Some women will put another woman down before a man even has the chance to. You are the problem. Another's, another woman's success is a win for you. That's a win. Be supportive. Be her champion and cheerleader. Share her successes. So people know that there are women out here doing big things, leading, making it happen. If you're one of those people who always has to find, you know, uh, a way to make something about you or you need to make sure this helps you in some way. Okay, well, it looks good for you to know somebody who's winning. So... <laughs> There, that's it's a win for you. Just share in her success. Celebrate her success, whatever the reason. And more importantly, don't make her feel like she did something wrong because she used her voice to raise herself up. You're not going to do it. If you're not going to do it, why can't I use my voice to raise myself up? Another um, must-see thing on Netflix is Becoming, 
right? Becoming is a documentary um, directed by Nadia Hallgren about Michelle Obama. The film is based on her memoir by, you know, of the same name. And it follows Michelle on this 34 city book tour. And so as you watch it, you're like, okay, here is this beautiful, educated woman speaking her truth, telling her own story. That's remarkable. There's so much power when we tell our own stories, using language that empowers us. And bigger than that, it empowers people around us to do the same or young people watching us to do the same. I wanted to share one of my um, favorite quotes from the film with you. And Michelle Obama said, I have been at probably every powerful table there is in the world. I've been at G summits. I've been in castles and palaces, in boardrooms and academic universities. And I'm coming down from the mountaintop to tell every young person that is poor and working class and has been told regardless of the color of your skin that you don't belong, don't listen to them. They don't even know how they got to be in those seats. And I love that, right? It would have been a lot less impactful if she said, Well, you know, because of Barack, I had the opportunity to sit at some of the most powerful tables in the world. If she had chosen out-of-power language, she would not have been able to inspire young girls the way she did, right? It would have diminished her power. But she didn't become First Lady by accident. It took work. Barack Obama didn't become president alone. His wife was a part of that journey. She played an important role. So she has the right to own that, to take credit for it. And she has a husband and partner who isn't afraid of her speaking confidently about herself. He's comfortable in his own skin, proud of what he has accomplished, aware of what he brings to a table. And that makes him a strong man who takes pleasure in supporting a strong woman. And sadly, that's hard to find. Finding a man or a partner who raises themselves up and enjoys watching you do the same is a gift. There are so many men out there who are incapable of that because they can't see past their own insecurities. They can't see past their own shortcomings. So they miss out on partnering up with a woman who could complement their qualities and make up for the areas where they fall short. When people look at women, especially black women, as we pat ourselves on the back, their instinct is to react negatively. And I mean, it's, it's insane, but that's what it is. How glorious it would be if we could flip that around. I'm not even asking for people to participate in raising us up, right? Like I I'm not even I'm not even going to ask you to raise me up. I'm just going to ask that you not put me down, that you don't put us down. Is that too much? If no one acknowledges my accomplishments and I choose to point them out, what's wrong with that? It took a lot for me to get here. It took a lot for that awesome woman to reach that level. It wasn't a gift. Nobody handed it to her. So why do you expect her to cower a little when she enters the room? Instead of walking in tall and proud. When you interview someone for a job, you know, do you want 
the one who modestly discusses their work experience? No. (laughs) You want the person who's confident, you know, who's so confident in themselves and their abilities that they convince you they will be an asset to your team. That's the truth. So if you know that, why wouldn't you encourage your friends to speak proudly of their wins and their talents? Why wouldn't you raise your daughters to be bold and speak highly of themselves? You know, so that one day when it's time for them to show up for themselves and praise themselves, they can. We all have the right to pursue our own goals, to attain our wildest dreams. And to do so, we need to use our language to position ourselves for success. We need to encourage each other instead of questioning and putting each other down. Language is a powerful tool, right? It can be a tool for growth and it can be a tool to break people down. When we speak about ourselves and when we respond to someone who is using that in-power language to speak about themselves, Other questions? Sure. Hey, good. I am glad that you said women in underrepresented groups um, because how does this come to play when you are a black female and you have to speak the proper language when the C-suit is comprised of white women? I have found that it is more difficult to find the proper language when the C-suit is comprised of white women as it may be necessary to dim out light. We cannot be too confident because then we are considered to be angry black women and we have to dumb ourselves down in order to make other people, particularly white women, comfortable. It's hard to take credit or to demand the proper acknowledgement in the element. I totally agree with that. It is very hard. It's very hard Mm -hmm. because unfortunately we get sometimes, at least in my experience, I've had harsher responses to me trying to promote myself from a white woman compared to a white man. That definitely happens, right? I think women are harder on women. And mm-hmm. so in trying to find the right way to get your to get our accomplishments across, it's almost as if it's like, you know, Dr. Baxter said, you have to find this, you know, this impeccable language that is strong enough, but also not aggressive. Right. Because if it's coming from you as this black woman who is already seen as like extra strong and extra aggressive, you have to be careful how you put those words out. And it's not right. But for myself, I can say I've I've done exactly what I've described. Right. I focused on the team. Right. Or I make sure I address the fact that I counted on my team and that my team delivered, but then I make sure I open and I close with the fact that I was leading this team. So when I make that statement, you can't then turn around and say, she was too arrogant. You know, she didn't even give credit to her team because I did. I did, but I also gave myself credit for leading my team. That's the balance I think we have to find. I hope that answers that person's question. I hope so. You know, you may, um, you may think to yourself like, Oh, I never did anything to intentionally stand in someone's way of achieving their goal. And that may be true, but there are many ways to put someone down passively using your language. You know, sometimes you can do so by not saying anything at all. Right. How often have we been seeing that lately? You know, 
with all the Black Lives Matter protests. Silence is violence. So your silence can be very powerful when trying to put someone down. When our confidence and positivity about ourselves is met with negativity, you learn to to tailor your language, right? Because we're all trying to get that positive response. If we're talking to family and friends, we want them to be happy for us. We want them to be supportive. If we're in the situation that the listener just described in that boardroom speaking to a C-suite of white women and trying to speak up for ourselves, we want a positive reaction. We want that promotion. We want you know, higher pay. We want a better title. And so we find ourselves navigating this really tricky road, trying to find the right words. But Chloe, right? would you well, say, would you say that it might be also um, fear and jealousy when coming from, from either white woman toward a black woman or black woman toward a black woman? Absolutely. It's all that that negative response is based mm -hmm. on insecurity. There's mm -hmm. something about what you're saying that is triggering something in this person that makes them uncomfortable. It either they're jealous or they feel like they may not have had the same opportunities as you or they feel they have more to bring to the table and so you should not even get a seat at the table. It's coming from insecurity. It's it, it, it's coming from jealousy. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're all human, right? We're like we're longing for that positivity, we're longing for people around us to celebrate with us and so we find ourselves trying to find the right words. And like I said, this goes personally and professionally. People can really make an impact with the words they choose to use. I remember um, a few years ago, I had gotten a new job and I was really excited and I wanted to celebrate and my family really did as well. So um, they organized a small, you know, dinner party to celebrate my achievement. And as we sat together, my father said a few words about me and how proud he was. And then he asked me to, to talk about my career journey, right? To share how I had gotten here. So I did. And I felt like I was in a self, you know, safe space. So I used my in power language, right? I talked about my journey, you know, why not? Like, I, I should take credit for this. It's a sum of my choices. And I guess that rubbed someone the wrong way, right? Because this person felt the need to take the opportunity to highlight something that I had not achieved. You know, so instead of taking this chance to simply congratulate me, this person said, well, now you finally have a baby to take care of. XYZ company has given you a baby to grow and take care of for them. Well, first of all, that doesn't even make any sense, right? So it just doesn't make any sense. Second of all, I, I know I'm single. I know I don't have children, right? But it was important for her to remind me. Well, sorry to disappoint, but my job is not my baby. It's my job. Having a great career isn't a replacement for having a baby. I don't need a replacement. I have this career because I wanted it and I worked for it. It's not a consolation prize for not being a mom yet. Society is always putting women with careers against women who are mothers. Or making women who have children feel like they have to give up their careers to be good mothers. We don't have to pick one or the other. We can have both. I'm sure it's hard to be a mom and have a career, I, I, but it's possible. I see it every day. I see it in my mother. I see it in women around me. 
I know it's also really hard to be a mom regardless of whether or not you have a career. We need to stop this craziness. It's like the moment a woman is talking about herself and she's confident and she's celebrating something and she's happy, you have to find a way to dig. You have to find a way to dim her light a little, right? To rain on her parade a little bit. There's already so much that we're dealing with daily. We don't need to add layers to it. Right? And it's not just society's fault at this point. We shouldn't be allowing society to influence our abilities to be happy for one another, to respect each other's journeys, to acknowledge the amount of work and dedication it takes many of us to get to where we are, wherever that is. Society may have set it up, but we're the ones doing it to each other every day. We are responsible for creating a culture that keeps women from speaking proudly. So we can change it. We have to teach ourselves to break, to break out of that habit, right? It doesn't serve us. Dimming our light or trying to dim the light of those around us needs to stop. This is something that we should all work on, right? I know I am. I'm taking that out-of-power language out of my toolbox, Right? I'm making an effort to encourage women around me to promote themselves. And I am willfully celebrating with them. Because we all have insecurities. We just can't let them control us. Right, As my mom just said, we can't let that fear and that jealousy control us. We can't let these insecurities dictate how we speak about ourselves and how we view others who speak about themselves and how we respond to them. I, I feel like I've said this a lot in the last 10 weeks, but we have to celebrate each other. There are so many people out there who will only celebrate when we fall. Or if they do celebrate us, they will only do so until we surpass them. So why not support each other? Encourage the women around you to share their successes, to share their joys. You know, and you don't actually have to say, listen, you need to use in-power language. That's not necessary. Just respond positively when they do. That alone will show them that it's okay. They'll be able to turn around and use that empowered language at work and in situations where their success and advancement depends on it. So that's my challenge to you this week. Ask someone, a family member, a colleague, a friend, or your partner to share with you something that they've accomplished in the last three months. Give them the space to speak confidently, right? Let them go into detail. And if they don't, or if they seem reluctant, ask questions. Encourage them to get comfortable speaking about themselves with power. And you do the same. Find an opportunity or create one for yourself where you can tell someone something you did and be proud, right? Use I statements. Speak with power. I did this. I was courageous and did this. I used my talent to achieve this. Whatever it is, personal and professional. Tell your own story. If it feels weird the first time, do it a second time. Do it until it feels good to pat yourself on the back. Learn to raise yourself up. As always, if you have a friend or a colleague that you think would have enjoyed today's topic, please let them know that the show will replay on Wednesday at 6 p.m. And next week, I'll be talking about friendship. So mark your calendars for next Monday, 6 p.m. here on Radio Africa 1804. And um, remember, you can always catch up on past episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. 
If you enjoyed this Thoughts and Tea Hour, please share the links on your social media channels. And even if you didn't enjoy it, please share them anyway, because someone else might. In the meantime, if you have um, any thoughts or comments or questions about what was discussed today, please feel free to message me on Facebook at Lori Lee Camo or on Instagram at Lori Lee underscore. Thank you for listening to Thoughts and Tea on Radio Africa 1804. <laughs>